Do you need a little help letting go? So if you're a doer, you're a helper, you're the one that gets things done, today's podcast is for you because I've got a great book to help you let go. What does it mean to love and work well? And how do I pursue what truly matters? Working at the intersection of business and psychology, I help you answer these questions and more so you can focus priorities, inspire change, lead with courage, and live with more joy today. Hi, I'm Dr. Melissa Smith. Welcome to the Pursue What Matters podcast, where we focus on what it takes to thrive in love and work. So we are at the end of another month, which means it's time for another book review. And so the book I have for you today is a nice little book that offers an entry point into meditation. Now, if <laughs> if you're not living under a rock, which if you're listening to this, you most certainly are not living under a rock, you have probably heard a lot about meditation and mindfulness practices, but it might still be kind of confusing to you. And I think it can be. It is kind of a nebulous um, topic or concept. And so sometimes it can be a little bit tricky for us to wrap our heads around. But the reality is meditation, which is a form of mindfulness practice, is really pretty straightforward. That doesn't mean it's always simple, but it is um, among just one or two daily practices. If you can make a commitment to a meditation practice, it will fundamentally uh, shift your life for the better. And so, you know, there are a lot of books out there on meditation and mindfulness and a lot of really good books. And so what I wanted to offer you today is just um, another entry point. So I I wouldn't say this is the best book about meditation or mindfulness. I wouldn't say it's the worst book about meditation or mindfulness. It's just uh, another entry point. And what's true is when it comes to this concept, which can be kind of fuzzy, um, hearing it one way, learning about it one way may or may not sink in. But having another entry point, another kind of perspective in terms of how it's introduced and how it's talked about, I think can make all of the difference. I know for myself, I spent years uh, trying to understand meditation and mindfulness um, at that at that cognitive level. And it none of it ever stuck until I actually just started practicing it. And then since I've developed a consistent practice, I've been able to go back to books and um, really understand some of the um, some of the foundation of that some of the theory of that. Um, And it actually just um, just elevates my meditation practice. Um, but what I would say is there are some books that resonate better than others. And so what I offer you today is just another entry point. Um, and so the book is called The Power of Letting Go by John Perkis. So P-U-R-K-I-S-S. And so uh, the subtitle is How to Drop Everything That's Holding You Back. So perhaps you can relate to that. Perhaps you don't want to be held back. And what is true is that for many of us, we become our own 
worst enemies, not because uh, we hate ourselves or that we're trying to harm ourselves, but because we let our monkey mind, which is the Buddhist term, um, we let our monkey mind get the best of us. We're always stuck in our heads. We're disconnected from life. We're disconnected from our bodily experiences, our emotional experiences, our spiritual experiences. And so if we're not careful, we end up living our lives um, as disembodied um, brains moving around. So I always kind of think about, uh, I don't know, I think I saw it in a cartoon or something, but you have a body and they're holding onto a balloon and in the balloon is their head. Um, and that is really, um, you know, I think the biggest malady that we experience today, it is that disconnection between mind and body. And so meditation or mindfulness practice is all about reconnecting. It's all about integration. It's all about wholeness. And uh, what I like about this title and this focus is, you know, how to drop everything that's holding you back. Because what's true is that when we live disconnected, we fail to reach our potential. We fail to live to purpose because you, in order to live to purpose, in order to fulfill your potential, you need to understand yourself. You need to understand your needs. You need to have respect for your needs and your desires and your wishes. And you need to be able to connect it, to be connected to something greater than yourself. So if we think about that as spirituality, we think about that um, as connection to the divine. You do not need religion to be spiritual. You do not um, need to disregard your religion in order to access meditation. In fact, it can be a beautiful compliment. And if we think about most religious traditions, if you look at the details of those faith practices, there's a lot of meditation um, happening. And so um, today we're, we're going to hear a perspective from um, a business leader, someone who is a headhunter um, for executives. And so he speaks the language of leadership and he invites us in to um, an appreciation of meditation and mindfulness, really with a focus on how can it help you to progress on your path. And of course, I'm always a fan of that because every week my goal with the podcast is to help you pursue what matters by strengthening your confidence to lead. We like to do that by either leading with clarity. So do you have clarity about purpose? Um, we do that by leading with clarity or curiosity, which do you understand yourself? Are you self-aware? Can you lead yourself? And then of course we do that by leading and building a community. So can you, um, can you lead others? Do others want to join you? Um, and so today, primarily, we're really focusing on curiosity, which is cultivating the self-awareness. And meditation is all about that. You become the witness. You become uh, the awareness behind your experience. So you're not your mind. You're not your body. You are the witness. And so we're really looking at cultivating curiosity about your experience. And for sure, we're also um, focused on leading with clarity because as you cultivate curiosity, it connects you to purpose. It connects you to a vision for your life. And when you have that clarity, even if the whole path is not clear, boy, you've done <laughs> that. That's half the battle. And so then you can, can get on with the business of uh, progress. And so let's learn a little bit more about this 
author. And so his name is John Perkis, and he is uh, he he recruits chief executives, finance directors, and other board members. And so um, he has also done a lot of exploration in uh, mindfulness practices. So he comes with uh, a fair amount of experience with that. And then what I liked is the counterbalance with the business experience, because it's one thing uh, to talk with someone just in their lay life about uh, meditation and mindfulness practices, right? Like we can kind of get that. But when you move into the world of work, some for some reason, we absolutely disconnect that. And more at, at, at work, more than anywhere else, we live disconnected lives where our head is moving around in a bubble and our body is um, is disconnected from it. So, right, we have these disembodied lives. And so much of my hope for this podcast and certainly my my work um, on, on a larger scale is to help folks with integration, to pursue what matters in love and work, recognizing that there's no hard split there. And so he has got his um, credentials, right, in the business world. So he has an MBA from Cambridge University and he he uh, began his career in banking and management consulting, and uh, it was during this early work that he really um, became pretty burned out, and he recognized that he needed to fix something in his life or he was um, going to be in trouble. And that's when he really turned his attention to Eastern um Eastern wisdom and uh, really jumped into meditation practices. And now he is um, a headhunter, right? So he recruits um, chief executives. And um, it's cool because, right, it's a, it has a hard hitting business that's it's very, uh, you have to be very focused, you have to be very direct with folks. And so to be able to do that kind of intense business work, while also bringing in uh, mindfulness, talking to recruits about the importance of um, cultivating balance in their lives. I love it. So I really like that um, perspective. And so what he says is that if you learn to let go, your life will take off. And that can feel very, um, <laughs> that can, that can feel um, very, scary for a lot of us because, you know, for, for those of us who are these high achieving push, push, push types, when things get challenging, we push harder, we move faster, we work harder, longer, and, um, trying to get the job done. But right, we know that that can backfire on us. It can undermine us. We we run ourselves into the ground. We run ourselves into burnout. We run ourselves into hating the work we love. And my goodness, that makes me so sad. That's really heartbreaking. And I've had moments where I have felt that myself. And so his charge to us is by learning to let go, by learning to slow down, by learning to be quiet and still, um, your life will really take off because you develop clarity about what really matters most and you you don't just try and fit more in you actually focus on doing what matters most right you pursue what matters and so what he says is when you let go you live intuitively everything flows because you are no longer attached to things being a certain way to being a certain person or always being right what a relief so this this all or nothing thinking of what's right or wrong what's good or bad is a classic mind-body disconnection and something that we really want to move away from. And so instead of labeling 
ourselves, our experiences, life situations as good or bad, we really want to open ourselves to the lessons, to be curious about, okay, what is my experience? Um, What is the opportunity here? And so what he says is that the irony is that when you feel stuck in any area of your life, career, relationships, purpose, health, or money, letting go can seem very hard, right? Because we think we need to, we think we need to seize more control. So you cling on for dear life just at the moment when you need to take the leap. And so he explains why we should let go and how we can do it using uh, proven techniques to make things happen. And so some of the stages of letting go. So this, this is the structure for the book is to first be present and enjoy each moment, which seems simple enough, but can be kind of a hard, a hard thing. Um, Second is to let go of the thoughts that keep you stuck. We all could... (laughs) could do with some um, disconnecting from our stories. Third, let go of the pain that runs your life. So all of us have baggage, right? We all have emotional baggage. It is part of the human condition. And yet when we don't uh, take responsibility for our work, right? And process emotions and heal and, you know, recover from loss and pain, uh, that that pain continues to impact us in ways we cannot anticipate. And so I always think of, um, you know, buried pain as a grenade um, waiting to go off. Or you could think of it as a landmine and you're going through your life and you come up against a challenging situation in the present and you've just tripped a landmine. And that can be obviously um, very disturbing. It can it can feel catastrophic, in fact. Um, and so we've got to take responsibility for every aspect of our life, including our pain, right? The, the no parent is perfect, which means there's no perfect childhood. We all have some baggage and that is not um, an insult to parents. It's not throwing parents under the bus. It's acknowledging that we're all figuring life out as we go. That includes us. That includes, uh, that included our parents when, when we were growing up and it includes us as parents today with our own children. So having some humility about that can help us to be open to the lessons and help us to actually take responsibility for what do I need to do to help myself here? And then the last stage is to surrender and tune into something far more intelligent than your brain. So we think about this as awareness, as presence. For some people, they may consider that God or a higher power. And so whatever that might be for you, that's great. But it is an acknowledgement, right? that um, it we're not just us alone. We're not an island. Um, mindfulness is all about connecting to the greater whole. And so whether that is uh, a higher power, whether that is um, the, the, the community of humanity, right? Like that can be unique to you. Um, but we need to move through those stages so that we can actually pursue what matters. So, of course, I'm not going to um, share a ton of information about the book, but I just want to give you a few highlights that I thought um, were helpful and that, you know, this podcast can kind of be a guide for you. Like, right, it's a little nibble um, as far as this book goes. So you have some orientation to it, but it can also hopefully serve as a good review um, if you hear some of the highlights that I share that, you know, maybe you want to check out the book. And so that's uh what um, I have in mind as I do the monthly book reviews. So one of the things that uh, Perkis 
opens with is how we in the West have gotten meditation wrong. And so, of course, you know, there's so much talk about meditation, and I think it's great. I think it's really wonderful that we are talking about it. Um, but the problem is that we are taking our Western mindset and applying that to mindfulness, so to an Eastern practice. And so there can be something that is lost in translation, that the meaning, in fact, can be lost in translation. And so what he says about this is that the problem with the way that mindfulness and yoga are often practiced in the West is that they're they're touted, right? They're designed to help us work harder and harder without burning out, at least in the short term. So he continues, I know people who meditate in the toilets at work. So um, pretty ineffective. So we've acquired the techniques without the philosophy. And I think that's super helpful. How many of you uh, perhaps meditate 10 minutes a day like clockwork because you hear it's a good thing for you, um, but you don't understand why and you right? When you don't understand why you don't have a purpose in that meditation, then certainly you will get some benefits, but you are not accessing the full, um, the full weight of, uh, that, of that intervention. And so we acquire the techniques without the philosophy. And then we wonder why life is so stressful um, and frustrating, okay? So it doesn't actually deliver on its promises. And it's not because um, meditation or mindfulness are ineffective. It's because we're trying to fit this Eastern practice into our Western mindset. So uh, we are we are moving to meditation disconnected, which is like, good luck with that. That's not gonna be successful at all for you. And so um, he does a nice little bullet list of what's the underlying philosophy. Now, of course, we could read dozens and dozens of books to try and answer this question, but here is his quick take on it. And I think if you are new to this or you're curious about it, I think his entry point is really just fine. So this is what he says. Your brain and body are part of something extremely intelligent. We can see this intelligence in every aspect of nature, including plants, animals, humans, planets, and stars. The whole thing is amazing and it keeps evolving. So for simplicity, let's call it existence. So that's the term that he uses. You could think about God, you could think about presence. Um, and so just know that that there are a few ways to identify that. But here's what we do. So he says, we make the mistake of thinking we're separate from existence. We believe we're a particular body and mind separate from everyone and everything else. And in Western society, we have really, really pushed that philosophy. Um, and so this identification, identification with the body-mind is known as ego. Um, this isn't exactly the same as Freud described it. It's related, but it, just think of ego as I am my own person. I'm separate from others. Um, and so instead of flowing with existence, we fight it or we try to control it, right? So we get into a battle um, with existence. Our, our ego gets in a battle with existence and we become an enemy to life. And then we wonder why we're stressed. We wonder why um, things don't go well for us. And so in our efforts to get what we want and avoid what we don't, which is totally the ego, <laughs> we create conflict with other people and damage our environment. So you can think about that small scale, you could think about that large scale as well. So this is his 
This is his uh, last point around this philosophy. Once we let go of the ego, which is hard to do, (laughs) this is why a daily practice is good. Once we let go of the ego, that is the belief that we're separate from everyone and everything else. Life is much easier. It's the ego that keeps fighting for survival, creating dramas and making life stressful. Once you let go of it, you'll discover that you're more than you ever imagined yourself to be. Life will unfold naturally um, with little to no stress. And I think that there's some really great research on stress that really supports this perspective. Stress is a part of life, but stress doesn't have to take you down. So when you when you can relate to life openly and recognize there there will be challenges, those challenges actually become less stressful. And the impact of that stress on your body actually conveys a protective benefit instead of a destructive effect. And that is so remarkable to me. And so what what he claims with this book is that he's going to guide you through that process step by step to help you let go of the ego-driven life and really move to purpose and um, openness. So the next thing that I want to share is what does what is meant by letting go, right? So that's the name of the book, The Power of Letting Go. But that can feel um, kind of unsettling for many of us, especially if we're used to being um, in control. And so he, he gives you some insight into this. So he says, once you surrender, right, or let go, your intuition will tell you what to do. Now, um, for a type A person, that is like the worst news ever. It's like, don't tell me about intuition. Like, tell me what I need to do. Um, but this is what um, he says in terms of what does letting go look and feel like. So you're able to take the right action at the right time, efficiently and without stress. And when I think about that, I think about this idea that you're not future tripping. So you're not anticipating the future with anxiety and really weighing yourself down in the moment. You're also not um, ruminating on the past where you are kicking yourself or beating up on yourself about Uh, past decisions, whether they're mistakes or whether there were specific challenges. But when you can live fully present, you're able to take the right action at the right time because you're fully aware. You can see uh, the landscape clearly. But when we're future tripping or when we're looking behind, um, when we're looking over our shoulder, we don't see life clearly. And life is right here in front of us. So another aspect of letting go, you still think and analyze when you need to, but thinking is your servant, not your master. Um, Most of us think that our thoughts are truth. And that is one of the biggest mistakes that we can make. So what I think a really powerful understanding is to recognize that you are not your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. You are the observer of your thoughts. You are the awareness behind your thoughts. And so um, with this understanding, thinking happens. Thinking is a beautiful, wonderful tool, part of what it means to be human. But thinking becomes a servant um, because there are times you need to critically think, you need to analyze something. And so you use thinking in the service of purpose to, to, to look at, okay, we have a decision to make here. Okay, let's do some research. Let's, let's assess this situation. Um, but you are not 
ruled. You are not mastered by your thoughts. So these anxious thoughts about the future, what if I make a wrong decision? I don't think I can get it right. Or ruminating about the past, I never get it right. I know there's something I'm going to miss here. Um, that in those moments, we become uh, mastered by our thoughts. And it prevents us from actually thinking clearly and getting to right action. And then another aspect of letting go is you allow things to work out in ways you could never have imagined. And so when I think about that, I think about accepting reality in this moment. And I know for myself, I can, I can look at a pattern of when, you know, maybe a challenge came up or there was a decision to be made. Uh, you know, that was what that was distressful or, you know, just even challenging, right? Like that, that would kick up some distress. And if I wasn't careful, it would kick up anxiety. And because I didn't like the feeling of anxiety or distress, which, right, like most of us don't, I would try to rush to judgment. I would try to, um, I would try to really like harness my energy to get at get to an outcome. And what I can say about that is there were plenty of times I didn't even care about the outcome. I just didn't want to worry about it anymore. And so have you done that yourself where maybe you foreclose on a decision um, too quickly because you have a hard time tolerating the anxiety. That can be a really significant concern for many of us. And what happens is we make poor decisions. And so one of the ways that we can learn to let go is just to slow it down, to remind yourself that life unfolds and you can't and you don't always have all of the information that you need in this moment to make a wise decision. And so what is the work? in those moments. The work is patience, which good luck with that, right? But I think even more important than patience is uh, distress tolerance skills to keep yourself calm, to address the anxiety, to coach yourself through those moments to say, it's okay. Like I'm going to, you know, like I'm going to talk to this person in a couple days. You know, I need more information and I need to wait on someone here. And so you coach yourself through that. You reassure yourself because in the face of distress, we want reassurance. But what happens is we uh, we often can demand reassurance from others. We seek reassurance from others without actually learning to reassure ourselves. And of course, in strong, secure relationships, close relationships, reassurance is perfectly appropriate and good, but we don't want to fail ourselves by not um, meeting our needs as well. So Sometimes that means you're coaching yourself through, you're reassuring yourself in the face of uncertainty. So one uh, one thing that he points out is that letting go doesn't mean giving up. And I think a lot of people get that um, wrong. They think that, okay, if I let go, if I'm mindful, I just won't care about life and I won't really have any direction. And maybe I'll just, you know, do yoga for the next three years or something. Um, but that's 
that's absolutely not accurate. That when we are able to let go and live to reality, we actually start to take a lot more action in our lives, but it's empowered action. It's action in alignment with our purpose. And so our behaviors become more effective because we are aligned to purpose. And so we're guided by intuition. We're guided by that sense of purpose. We are not guided by ego. We're not driven by ego or anxiety. And so it's all about taking empowered action for yourself. So you understand what you are doing and why. Um, and I think too many of us living disconnectedly, we, uh, we're taking lots of action. Uh, we're doing lots of things, but we don't have clarity about um, why we're doing what we're doing and why it matters. Like you always got to go back to purpose. And so in this situation, um, when we can take um, empowered action by letting go, work does not need to equal stress um, and purpose can equal focused action. Um, when we can work mindfully, uh, there becomes an intensity of purpose. So that's how Eckhart Tolle describes it. And this intensity of purpose, you know, sometimes people can mistake that for stress. Um, sometimes people, people can mistake that for ego, but it is not, it is this intensity of purpose, this clear understanding of the path you are on. That doesn't mean that you don't have time for others, but you know where you are going and why it matters. And let me just tell you, people want to be a part of that. People want uh, they want clarity. And it doesn't mean that your purpose needs to um, join another's, but we want to be involved in something greater than ourselves. We want to know that our lives matter. We want to know that there is a greater purpose than just uh, um, checking in on the clock from nine to five. And so when you have um, even one person who has connection and alignment to purpose, it invites this, this person can invite others in by their clarity. And it's, it's pretty cool. And in these situations, this is where we see, uh, the process is more important than the outcome. And if, so that's what I think about when I think about purpose driven living is it's, it's all about the process. It's not that we don't care about outcomes. They matter in terms of helping us to progress, um, on purpose, on our path. Um, but outcome for outcome's sake is just ego. And so we want to stay away from that. Okay, so the last thing that I will share is just um, that in this book, Perkis gives you some really practical ways to get going on meditation. So he has a very easy guide. He also has um, a few uh, meditation skill um, ideas. So as you go through the book, there are different uh, touch points for you to access meditation. And so it's a very practical guide to get you started in this process. And so in that way, I think it's good. He does. Um, it, he really doesn't sprinkle much research in. I um, that's that I would say is kind of a downside to the book. But I think sometimes when authors are too heavily laden with research, it gets in the way actually of learning for some people, right? And we all learn different ways. And so um, 
this could be a good entry point for you on that front. So um, if you want to head on over to my website um, to check out the show notes, and I will have a link to the book, you can do that um, by heading to my website, www.drmelissasmith.com forward slash one three zero dash letting go. So one more time, that's www.drmelissasmith.com forward slash 130, that's the episode number, dash letting go, L-E-T-T-I-N-G-G-O. And um, I hope that you'll connect with me on uh, social media. I'm on Instagram at Dr. Melissa Smith. I've always got a lot of great content from the week's podcast there. So additional resources, um, some some great um, some great tips to help you kind of slow yourself down and and really connect with purpose um, on a daily basis because that's what it's all about. And so um, I hope that this uh, book review is helpful for you. Uh, and I will uh, connect with you next time. I'm Dr. Melissa Smith. Remember, love and work, work and love. That's all there is. Until next time, take good care. Good care.